2: This is Sode number one hundred and twenty nine, the six foot sinkhole outside of LP field of Sodes. do you remember that? I don't think I I don't think that was a scary time. Where
1: was the sinkhole?
2: That one, it was like in the parking lot. I'm pretty sure on the riverside uh, of the parking lot at, at what was LP field. Um, it was scary because also the Titans hopes and dreams were sinking as well. So it was like a it was just a bad time overall to be a Titans fan and or be parked in that parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a bad omen. It, the that LP one, era
1: just didn't go well in general.
2: Of w- the worst eras of Nashville sports stadiums, I think the LP era of nissan stadium and the gaylord entertainment center era of bridgestone <laughs> were probably two of the worst man those were remember so the geck the
1: geck of we course tried, i remember the geck
2: we we tried to make the geck work oh my gosh um okay so uh that one was brought to us by marcus hall at all mark marcus uh Marcous twenty two. Uh, so shout out Marcus Hall for that so title. We appreciate it. If you've got a so title you'd like to submit, tweet it at Titan Up Pod and uh, and we will we will share it in a future episode soed or did I just say episode? We, episode's a bad word on this podcast. It's a, on a future soed at Titan Up Pod. Guys, today we are bringing on a legend. A radio legend, all right? Look, and I don't, I, I regardless of how you feel about the guy, this guy literally did so much for, for getting Nashville Radio to what it is. Mr. George Plaster himself is going to join us, and we're going to talk uh, preseason game two. We've got an official name for the hype machine and so much more. And when I say so much more, and I basically just mean remember the Titan. But with all of that said, let's first get a word from relax the back
1: i love my friends over at relax the back they just renovated their shop in nashville so make sure to go check that out they've got all kinds of chairs beds mattresses pillows out and available for you to test before you walk home to buy and you're gonna want to buy because all of these items that relax the back sells they help people in nashville to work better live better and feel better every single day if you struggle with insomnia or posture issues This is the place that can fix all of that for you with just one trip to relax the back. I mentioned the variety of chairs that combat neck and back pain. They are the softest, most comfortable chairs. They keep you upright and you don't even notice it. You do not compromise comfortability for posture. I promise you these chairs will help you not only work better, but actually wake up feeling ready to work every single day without that crick in your neck, without that back stiffness. They've got the Technogel and Tempur-Pedic pillows and mattresses to help you guys sleep better every single night. Those things are like sleeping on clouds. They've also got zero gravity chairs and mattresses. And I don't know what's softer than a cloud, but zero gravity is softer than a cloud. So go check them (laughs) out. They're located at 2020 Glen Echo Road in Nashville, Tennessee. It's in that Green Hills shopping area, right across from the Green Hills Regal Movie Theater. If you're unable to get there in person, check them out online at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville and start feeling better today. When you go in and you see Glenn, make sure to tell him that A to Z Sports sent you.
2: And with all that said, let's talk Titan.
0: I hear the train are coming. It's rolling
1: around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine, but so I don't
0: know when.
2: So what is up, Flameheads? Welcome to the Tighten Up Podcast. Today I'm is August twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. Our second to second to last episode before actual football? Third to that, last
1: episode. They call that the uh penultimate. I I guess it is third to last because there's that, that, that week break. There's
2: a, oh yeah, so the day after so next week, the day after Labor Day, and then is football, right? Got it. So this is our third to last episode. Okay. We're down to three y'all we're down to three. And as Jack and I like to do, we are, look, we are very, very, the ultimate professionals when it comes to this field of, uh, broadcasting, if you want to call it that, I don't know, uh, podcasting, uh, we are just strict professionals, uh, total journalists i went to you know the first journalism school in america the university of missouri uh, jack went to bga which is basically just anyone in media graduated oh, from this is a good j uh,
1: school come on put some put some respect on the meek school of journalism
2: Okay, all right, as I pat you on the head. Uh, uh, (laughs) But with that said, like Jack and I, we take everything we do very, very seriously. And so we are going to start this podcast off in the most responsible way we know how. With a rumor, (laughs) okay? This rumor comes via Daniel Frazier at IamTheMightyOak on Twitter. And Daniel tweets at us, You know, this is very responsible. We've, we've checked all of our sources on this rumor. He says, I've got a new rumor for you guys to start. Christian Fulton to the Bengals for T Higgins. And then he adds Titans offense will be stacked with the addition of Higgins and Gronkowski. That is too. That is important to remember. If Rob Gronkowski comes out of retirement and plays for the Titans and he will, you heard it here first on the Titan up podcast, but if Christian Fulton to the Bengals for T. Higgins, if that trade goes down, I think you have to have, you have to credit this podcast as well for you that should. one.
1: should. I, I don't know if I would do that. Christian Fulton on a rookie contract's cheaper. T. Higgins is a great receiver and it's definitely a position of need for the Titans. I'm hearing buzz that Roger McCreary has a real shot at beating Fulton out for that opposite corner job of Caleb Farley. So, I mean, I he mean, does become expendable, but we've learned, I, I mean, so many times the Titans have come to find out that the more DBs you can have, in the AFC, mm-hmm. when you're playing now, all of these other quarterbacks just came over. You need as many of those guys as you can. So just because Fulton doesn't start or may not start, we don't even know that yet. I, I I'm not ready to ship him off. But that's an interesting proposition. I think some people listening would would probably sign off on a deal like that.
2: The Titans are in the 2020 Super Bowl, uh had they had more depth at the defensive back position. Oh, well, no question, agree. no doubt in my mind um so yeah it isn't it is a thing of importance however you know me jack you know like kind of like how we joke about how whenever someone becomes a free agent we immediately think what they would look like in two-tone blue whether it makes sense or not you know if like zeke elliott became a free agent we'd be like "Ooh, could he be a good titan even though the titans have derrick henry we still like that's just where our brains go whenever i see like an offensive weapon my brain it's the same thing my brain immediately goes "Ooh." But T Higgins, you know, it's like, yeah, Christian Fulton definitely need a very talented, very fast guy that uh, is, can help this Titan defense a lot. But then I'm like, then I see T Higgins and I'm like, oh, but a, another weapon for for Ryan Tannehill, you know,
1: I mean, I, I think that's totally normal because, you know, fancy players become available and they're like, mm, I would really like to see him as a Titan, no matter if he fits or whatever. He's just the new guy on right. the block. And yeah, it's a it's
2: shiny new part. toy.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Well, um, I was going to say, Austin, the Titans opened with, uh, I mean, they, they cracked the win column for the first time in the preseason. That's right. To yes. Win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And assessing mm-hmm. a team's preseason performance is, what I'd, is kind of like what I would imagine going to the doctor and listening to him tell you that you had crabs, right? It doesn't really matter. <laughs> and most of those guys are going to be gone within a week or two.
2: Yeah. Right. Right. And, and, you know, Jack and I, you know, last week we are telling you, look, preseason doesn't matter. Anything you watch, it doesn't like, it means literally nothing. But now that they got a win under their belt, I'm, I want to read into all of this. I want to read into just like, this is a sign of what's to come this season. These Titans are here to play playing at home. That's the difference. This team is going to be dominant at home this year, just based off of what I saw on, especially this defense, my goodness, uh, the way they played. Um, but yeah, no, you, you really can't. Um, uh, I will say this though, Jack, first and foremost, and I know that everything centers around the quarterback position, especially with this franchise, uh, whether you, you know, you love him like me or you absolutely hate him and hope he gets hit by a boss like Jack, um, w- yeah. the quarterback position is important, uh, which means Malik Willis getting the start on Saturday night. I thought he came out and looked much more improved, almost like everything that we nitpicked him for in the first game. He was like, all right, bet. And then went out and like
1: fixed it. Yeah. Because Rabel pulled him for not throwing the ball enough. I don't think you could knock him for that this game. And it looked like he made a much better effort. I just hanging Mm -hmm. in the pocket, letting plays develop down the field. Now the accuracy was still an issue. He finishes uh, the day on Saturday going seven of 17 for 80 yards and a touchdown. He had five rushes for 42 yards and a long of 24. But, yeah, again, there were just a couple of those plays. He's flashing, right? There will yeah. be a play, whether it's that sidearm through, backed up on the move in his own end zone, or whether it was him hanging hanging in the pocket and just sitting there looking, 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 finding Chigakonkwu for, for that touchdown. Yeah. Um, you know, he had a couple other good throws. He had some that- the The opening play of the game, Right when he found Nick Westbrook sitting down in the middle of the field, NWI makes a guy miss. Oh, that was so hot. And then go upfield for, you know, <laughs> five to seven extra yards. Like those type of plays make me want more of Malik Willis. But not. I, I don't want him to start, right? And it's clear that the Titans favor him over Logan Woodside. I, I, I think that that's becoming more clear with, the, you know, the more we see of both of those guys. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not just making me, like, excited when I see Malik Willis. I'm starting to, to feel a little comfortable. Like life beyond Ryan Tannehill, and I know the I know the whole draft process is kind of like closing your eyes and throwing a dart at the dartboard, but it seems like J Rob may have hit the board with Malik Willis, and, and I'm saying that after two preseason games.
2: Right. Yeah. I'm 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 with you. Like I'm very enthused with the the progression that we saw from week one to week two with him, and I, I I'm not nowhere near ready. Nowhere is he near close to to being a, 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 dominant starter in this league at all. I, I, cause you got to also keep in mind, he's playing up against backups and, and backups backups. However, th- just the little things that we saw on that Chig touchdown pass, him sitting in the pocket last week, he would have bounced out of that pocket and he would have tried to make a play with his legs. Like, but no, he sat back there and he waited for the play to develop because you know, first reads not there. Second reads, not there. Boom. Third read, boom. Chick. I I thought it was, I thought it was tremendous. Uh, the progression we saw, and it makes me excited, not because it's like, oh, I'm excited for this guy to eventually take over for Ryan Tannehill this year the minute Ryan Tannehill throws his first interception. No, I'm excited because if he developed that much just or, or made those changes to his own game from weeks one to week two, what can he do with like an entire year and from that freshman to sophomore season as a starter? Because, you know, the quarterback position after this year is a question mark. For the Titans, whether they bring back Tannehill or, or if Malik is the future, it's a question mark. And I think, I think that's a bridge we cross when we get to it, but for right now where we're sitting, yeah, you're right. Like it's encouraging to see, oh, this is a guy who, my goodness, it's, I, I, I like to view it in the way, um, like if you're baking, if you're baking muffins, you know, you put the (laughs) muffins in the oven, all right. And you, and you, you take a toothpick. And you stick the toothpick in or you pull them out and you stick the toothpick in and you're like, Ooh, Oh, that's so so doughy in the middle. Like on the outside looks perfect on the outside. You're like, Oh yeah, this is going to be a great muffin. But you stick the toothpick in and you're like, Ooh, that is gooey on the inside. So you stick it back in, put it in for five more minutes and you're like, Ooh, it's still not ready, but it made a lot of progression from being gooey to what it is now. I I'm going to stick it in for like 20 more minutes and see what more like, see how much better these muffins can get. That's the way I view Malik Willis. Malik Willis is a muffin, in my opinion.
1: I like that. Malik the muffin. Yeah, muffin a, Willis. Okay, I like that. that. That's actually a good analogy. That's the, That may be better than the banana bread, Corey Davis analogy. <laughs>
2: banana. Corey Davis, banana bread. Like, hey, moment
1: of silence for it real quick okay okay that's enough but yeah I, I look i love what i see out of malik Willis. i'm I'm starting to feel comfortable with him as qb2 and, and i didn't think i would you remember we talked about this before the preseason i thought this was yeah. logan woodside's job no matter what happened in the preseason right but malik willis has really changed my opinion still raw there's still a lot to correct I, it still feels like he doesn't get enough off that back foot when delivering the football and, and that kind of contributes to these overthrows but he's working out of some bad habits that he formed at Liberty, right? Just by staying in the pocket. And a lot of people are saying, well, he's a quarterback. He's supposed to stay in the pocket. That's not supposed to be hard. Mm -hmm. At Liberty, he had like a half a second to throw. Austin, you found a stat where Malik Willis has had the most time in the pocket of any quarterback in the preseason so far.
2: Yeah, there's like kind of an X Y uh, axis, uh, like kind of spray chart uh, of of the every quarterback that has played in preseason weeks one and week two, and on the bottom on the is it the X axis the the one that's on the bottom? Yeah, you went to BJ,
1: you went that's, to a private school. What is it? I, I believe that's the X axis.
2: X axis is t- average time to throw. Uh, The Y-axis is air yards per attempt, okay? So Malik Willis, and I'm not joking when I say this, is so far head and shoulders away from the pack of this spray chart. Malik is getting a little over 3.8 seconds average time to throw in the pocket. The next closest guy is Justin Fields with just over 3.2, okay? So he's getting over a half second longer than the next possible quarterback to throw football and then the average yards per attempt I think he's Malik is fourth in the league at, at uh, right around 11 yards um, per attempt so Malik is definitely having m- way more time to throw the ball and he's also throwing the ball deeper down the field which I think is is very encouraging and it, and it's good to see literally this guy's first two games in the NFL and he's He's taking chances and he's hanging in the pocket.
1: I love that because he's got that big arm. We, you don't want to see him just throw these little screens and these little dink and dunk passes and build confidence. I want to see what he can do. I I really want to see like what Malik Willis has in him. And I I think you got to credit Todd Downing in this Titans offensive game, you know, game plan, maybe Tim Kelly as well, because they could easily just say, Oh yeah, let's, you know, let's see him go 12 of 15 with 60 yards. Everyone will be happy that, you know, the completion percentage is there. No, like they're taking shots down the field and that's what he was good at in college. So let's, let's continue to see more of that. He, I I thought when he ran, he made some good decisions when to run. He wasn't always looking to run. Uh, He took a few sacks. I'd like to see him start throwing the ball away a little bit, but again, we're we're talking about these bad habits. He formed at Liberty. It's not going to come together all at once. He's going to fix one thing. Then he's going to fix the other. And hopefully by the end of the season, he's ready to really, you know, I mean, if he's called upon, come in there and help the team win a game. If that's what, if, and I hope that's not the case, but if that is the case, hopefully he's ready to do that.
2: Right. And keep in mind though. And also keep in mind, like even for as good as he looks again, he's playing against guys who are going to be working at Best Buy come October, you know, like, it's like (laughs) guys that like, are just not, they're not going to be in the league. So he is still playing against twos and threes and sometimes even fours. Uh, when it comes to his competition, when he's playing starters in the NFL, it's going to be a totally different look. So you, you know, not to be a wet blanket, not to be that cold shower on everyone's raging Malik Willis boner, but like you it take it with a grain of salt. It is encouraging. It's good news. However, Jack, with that said, am I, are, are, are we still leaning Malik as QB two? Cause and i know this might be crazy this might be crazy jack but i think i'm i'm leaning i'm still just slightly leaning logan woods on his we've totally
1: flipped here we have totally flipped we pass each other like ships in the night i'm i'm ready for (laughs) malik wills qb2 i think the titans can do more with him and you know hopefully in these next two weeks which will be critical Right, because yeah. beyond that's the regular season. That's when it matters. That's when you got to figure out a QB to dress.
2: Right. Uh, remember, only one more preseason game this year. Only three preseason games this year. Uh, and so it's it's less of a chance to evaluate who you have on the roster. Um, but Jack, I I don't I first of all I I do think I think Logan Woodside improved from week week one to week two in the preseason. Granted, it I mean it's hard not to improve after his his output in the first game. And yeah, he did have a pick, but I'm also like, and not to be the guy who's in defense of Logan Woodside, especially after being the guy who was in defense of Ryan Tannehill right after the Bengals week. uh, But he's playing with guys that are like young, immature rookies or not rookies, but wide receivers that are not the starters that he would be playing with. If Ryan Tannehill went down, he would be playing with better talent around him. And I think that needs to be, noted as well like he's playing with a lot of guys who are learning playbooks really
1: i I, I like to see Traylon burks out there a bunch the titans used him a bunch in that game on saturday so and you know what there's another guy i was impressed by we talked about malik willis he's he's obviously the guy everyone's watching but if you look closely on that right side of the offensive line i think the titans found their starting right tackle and it's not dylan radens nicholas Petit frere i I feel like he locked that job up in that game against the Bucks, because what what happens on Monday? Dylan Raiden's is experimenting at left guard. Why would he do that? Only if the Titans feel good and f- feel like NPF is you know who Nicholas right. Frere sounds like a Michelin star chef, but yes, in this case he's not cooking anything. He he's just fouling over dudes. And now Raiden's at left guard. I don't hate that either because the other hmm. options you had there are Aaron Brewer and Jamarco Jones. Fine. If somebody goes down, they, the, that's okay. Depth, but I don't want either of those guys starting. Maybe Raiden's works out here.
2: Yes, chef. Thank you, chef. I would totally eat at a Nicholas petite free air uh, restaurant. Um, but yeah, with that said, like he is, he has kind of earned his way into this role, mm-hmm. not just for him playing so well, but Dylan Rain's playing so poorly. Uh, so it's, it's kind of talk about two ships passing in the night. Yeah that is pretty much what is going on there. And I'm okay with it though. You know, like this is Nicholas Petit friere could be the Isaiah Wilson. We never had, <laughs> and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put too much on the kid, uh, but I, it would be nice to have an offensive lineman from the draft pan out really well. Um, because that's something that I feel like we've missed over the last few years. And if, if he's going to, if he's going to have success with a name, like, petite free air, you know, I'm all in. So, uh, Raidens, don't get me wrong. Still a great name, but petite free air just sounds sexier, you know? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. It definitely does. But you know, it, Rabel really doesn't dip into that Ohio state. Well, I mean, the Titans definitely dip into the Texans. Well, which I, I oh, mean, yeah. they've got to be running low on guys to pull from there. They, they just brought over Lonnie Johnson, by the way, which I don't think we talked about last week. It may have happened right after the podcast, but, he had to have got the lowdown on NPF, right? You listen to him talk. He's a smart dude. He's mm-hmm. like the Isaiah Wilson polar opposite, which is, which makes sense as to why the Titans were well, so attracted to him.
2: You, yeah, you have to be smart just to be able to smell, spell that name every day, you know, yeah, like on, yeah. Whenever on, bring on documents hype, and forms.
1: yeah. And he just feels like a guy who's going to be the Titans' right tackle for a decade. And I don't want to jump ahead yeah. of anything, but I, I get that feel from NPF. I don't have to worry about that side. And once you have, you know, the bookends of your offensive line, Lewan, and hopefully NPF, you just got to work on the middle. You got Nate Davis, who's capable. We've seen him be capable. Ben Jones mm-hmm. is an experienced center. The left guard now really, and we'll see how this develops over the next two weeks, is the only concern I have. I, yeah. So he's a rookie out on the right side, I trust him. I mean, it's not like being a rookie quarterback, right? He's got the size. He's got the experience. He was an All-American at the— You know, one of the best programs in college. I I I don't think that there's a whole lot of work that needs to be done to get him ready. I don't know. Let's just and
2: and we've talked about it too before. Like, uh, you know, a rookie coming out of an Ohio State or an Alabama or Georgia, outside of Isaiah Wilson, uh, means more than most uh most other rookies. Well, then because it's coming
1: out of North Dakota State per se.
2: Exactly. Right. Right. And, and I say that just because of the resources that they have at those programs to become better athletes, to be prepared. There's a reason Alabama, Ohio state, all of those schools, like lead the country in, in draft picks every year because they're developed better. They're they're coached better. Their strength and conditioning is better. It, it's just they're And that's the reason why they're always the last team standing when it comes to college football playoff time. So having a guy out of Ohio State to me naturally is just going to be better off as a rookie and I I have so much more trust and in in a player like that um I would say the hype around him Jack is very strong right now
1: do you see you see what I'm doing are you leading the hype machine
2: I'm I'm segueing into the hype machine
1: that's what I thought you were doing
2: the hype machine, Jack. It's time. It's, it's time. time. Bruce Buffer. It is. No, don't say it. 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 They're very litigious, okay? The Buffers are lit, if nothing more than litigious, okay? We can't say
1: gonna it's cancel T-I-M-E. What? They're going to cancel the Titan Up Podcast? They very well could. They're going to go yeah, they, could, a they White could probably bats on us?
2: They could cancel A to Z Sports. <laughs> they could cancel everywhere from the A to the Z. In A to Z sports, uh, with how much they will sue. And you're not allowed to say the other one is, is his brother's line. Let's get ready to. Bumble. Crumble. Yeah. Bumble, like bumble. you're not allowed to bumble. say that on the air or else they will sue your ass.
1: Or Alex Jones where I will eat your ass. <laughs> Do you know that um, the buffers didn't even know they were brothers until they were like in their mid fifties? Is that, is that, is that.
2: They were separated at birth? Stop and swear what God. they just like, they're like, oh, Michael, Michael Buffer, you should meet this other guy who Bruce does Buffer, literally your exact same job with the
1: same last name. Exactly, Bruce Buffer. He he said that he was driving in the car one day with his dad, and he's like, hey, that Michael Buffer, like, what's what's the deal with him? And he's like, oh yeah, that's your brother. And he was like, what? That, that's how it <laughs> happens. I promise. Look that up. That's actually true. I'm going to be flipping
2: through the stations, and I'm going to like flip to a country station. And I'm going to hear a, a guy named you know, you know garrett huff and i'm like oh wow garrett huff that's uh this guy sounds good on the air this is he's, really funny too he's really knowledgeable sounds very interesting
1: Ah, but he's a cult and and
2: then my parents can be like yeah that's your brother
1: (laughs) that would be that would be crazy i don't know that i could like handle that in the car i'd like me how
2: what what are the odds that one they didn't like know that they were brothers and two they're in the exact same field like literally just field, saying words into microphones that like, come
1: down from the ceiling. A field that's like 20 people deep in the entire world. <laughs> right. 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 What are the, it's <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. I, it's wild.
2: And literally video games and movies named after Michael Buffer's catchphrase,
1: but let's, Bruce let's, needs
2: to step his game up.
1: Let's get back to the hype because yeah, last week we narrowed it down to three guys for the hype machine. That's Kyle right. Phillip, we uh, Sugar Conquo. Who was the third guy? Okay, I I,
2: you know when you started listing them, I was like, why is he listing them out of order? Uh, Number (laughs)
1: three,
2: (laughs) (laughs) number three was Chig. Number two was Racy, and number one was Kyle Phillips with one L. I think that's important to note. It's Kyle Phillips with one L. Okay, why quit trying to give this guy more L's than we as Titans fans would like to see?
1: I think it's a clear easy decision for us this is maybe the easiest hype machine decision we've ever made it is easy although you did try and throw a wrench in the plans uh this week see that on twitter you see i i I made a push for josh kalu maybe a late a late ad
2: oh oh no i didn't see that i did see that but
1: uh you also texted me over the weekend yeah i I said why was malik willis not considered you said,
2: you said the malik willis hype machine was right under our nose the whole time <laughs> which ain't i get it and i get, understand your your thought process there however if we went malik willis hype machine we'd never be able to tweet about the malik willis hype machine unless ryan tannehill went exactly. down
1: exactly it would be yeah it, it would it the it the would kyle Phillips
2: like away. the best thing about the uh a, about the hype machine is being able to tweet about it mid game, like during games. And if Kyle Phillips pull, pulls off a punt return the way he did, you know, the other night, or if Kyle Phillips, you know, catches a touchdown, maybe, maybe a little, little slot slant route right in the slot and catches it and houses one, you know, we very easily could just that's content take that and run with it. Right. Exactly. You know, it is, it's content. It really, that's all we're doing. That's the
1: only reason we have this hype machine. Um, but wow. the, um, while we're on the special teams conversation, I I, I want to give a tip of the hat to the porn star punter Ryan Stonehouse. Right, four punts. Oh. And- hold, on,
2: hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why is he a porn star punter? Wait, do you but something there, know something
1: I don't? Well, we we said that he his name resembled that of a porn star last week. Do you not remember that entire conversation? How many uh, yeah. porn no, star no, conversations I, do you have on a weekly basis to where you forgot that one? <laughs> All right. Easy, but so no, I, what I do is I forget first down. Oh, that was so nice. I loved that. That that gave me shades of AJ Trapasso. You remember him in the hall of fame game, Jeff Fisher with the fake punt behind the back runs it for the, for the touchdown.
2: Hey, I remember that we all remember that because we were like, Jeff, why did you blow one of your best trick plays in the first preseason game of the year? Jeff, why would you do that? Uh, no, Jack, are you trying to sit here and tell me that the porn star punter made you excited?
1: Yeah. I mean, blood rushed to a certain part of my body. Bold <laughs> plays
2: a rush of blood to the head.
1: Uh, Jack. Um, all right.
2: Yeah. Ryan Stonehouse. Yes. I, I mean, let's keep in mind, he dropped the punt to make that opportunity happen. He dropped he, the snap he was speedy though. they showed off some weird. kind of content. speedy. Yeah. Cause no one was rushing. I, I look, I, I don't feel as great about that play as like everyone was hyping it up on Twitter. Yeah. It was great to get the first down, which they ended up going three and out right after that anyway. But, uh, it's, I,
1: it's, I, it's comforting to have him in the back pocket instead of, you know, a FedEx or UPS driver.
2: Yeah. Oh, well, Anything yeah, of course I, yes, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't get signed by another team after he, he's cause he's going to get cut. Nobody's beating out Brett Kern for that running job. And he's boomed like, four of his punts into the end zone without it like Vrabel at one point pulled him aside and like talked to him was like dude what are you doing quit booming these into the end zone try and pin them deep like (laughs) 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 he's a stone (laughs) house
1: (laughs) okay we keep getting off track but let's we keep getting off track let's let's go ahead and make this thing official
2: let's just do it official and I think everyone knows where we're going with this I think people knew where we're going with this before we even named it all right look the Khalif Raymond hype machine, the Mason Kinsey hype machine. And now we have to keep it in the wide receiver family. So sorry, chick. That means you got to go. Is it the racy McMath? It's a great name, but nope. We're going with the one L on this one. Mr. Kyle Phillips. Welcome to the Kyle Phillips hype machine. Those are my air uh, air horns. It was always the uh, Kyle Phillips hype machine. It was always it was Kyle. Al- <laughs> right. It's like that. What's that one? Uh, uh rom com? He's like, it was you. It was always you. That's uh, that's how I we
1: feel about the Kyle Phillips hype machine. His punt returns uh, on Saturday were amazing. Three for seventy-seven yards. He averaged twenty-five. He had that one thirty-five-yard punt return that I thought was going to the crib. Kyle Phillips is uh, when he gets the ball in his hands, and I saw I think 104.5 tweet like, "Ooh, Mark Mariani Jr. No." Kyle Phillips is not the next Mark Mariani. Mark Mariani was half of what Kyle Phillips will be. That's how high I'm setting the bar for Kyle Phillips. Wow. Whenever the wow. ball is in that guy's hands, he's doing something. He's making three guys miss, turning it up the field. And it, it's not just the ability to make people miss. He's like a heavy returner. When he gets the ball, he's he's moving forward. He's not going side to side. He's picking up the the, the yards that the, the, the coverage team's providing and then getting extra by making people miss breaking tackles, sprinting down the sideline, whatever it may be. But I I'm I'm glad that we settled on the Kyle Phillips hype machine. It's the right answer. And man, I'm excited for a long season of Kyle Phillips hype.
2: Yeah, I'm I don't like um setting like this young rookie with a lot of uh future left in front of him. I I don't know if I like his comp being a guy who's known for literally snapping his twigs in half. <laughs> it's
1: just it was just one bad break. one bad break Um, pro bowl returner
2: oh i think oh i apparently the movie i was trying to quote was iron man 2
1: it's not a a, Uh, a rom-com for some i'm sure
2: i mean i guess yeah if you're into like i don't know like operating systems for computers uh (laughs) i guess i guess um tony stark says it's you it's always been you oh no no pepper pot says it too tony that sounds right. All right, I was I was trying to find it, but I can't. Okay, J- Jack. I think now that we've got the hype machine under under wraps, let's get to a guy who literally just talked to our the namesake for hype machine. And since Jack and I aren't good at getting uh at current Titans on this post on this podcast, mainly because the Titans will not give us anyone, um, we're gonna go like six degrees of Kevin Bacon with it. We're going to go talk to someone who just talked to someone from the Titans. Right.
1: We'll find a way <laughs> because
2: look, that's the kind of look we we're nothing if not diligent on this podcast. And we will find if we can't get Kyle Fields, we will get someone who just talked to him. And so that's where we're going to go. Now we're going to go to our guy, a legend in the broadcasting field, a man who literally Jack, you got your uh, kind of foot in the door with sports talk radio through this man. I literally shadowed him. Uh, sh- career shadow day, my senior year, 2004, bro high school. A friend yeah. of mine said, oh, hey, I know George Plaster. Yeah. You should shadow him. Yeah. Not right. knowing even Sports Talk Radio was an actual job you could get into. I went and I shadowed him. And from that moment on, I was like, this is kind of what I want to do with my life. And now here I am with that curse. <laughs> um, but it is, uh, it is George Plaster so excited to talk to him. We get into a ton of stuff with him. He's literally coming up right now. Man, uh, I'm just going to say it today. Today is a special, special soad here on Sign Up podcast because uh, we're joined by a legend and dare I say now uh, officially a Hall of Famer. Jack, do you want to do the honors or should I do the honors? <laughs> because technically both of us have worked for this man. Both of us kind of got our foot in the door in radio through this man and uh but you have done so more recently so
1: do you want to take it or should i you know i I like to leave you to the introductions because i don't know the way you do it just just really makes the guests (laughs) sound a lot more prestigious than they are but in this case we have a very prestigious guest so you can't mess this one up
2: i like to call him the father of or the godfather i think that sounds more prestigious the godfather of 104.5 the zone uh, if you are a Preds fan, you're still a Preds fan because of this man. I know because I was there that day. Uh, the the you he is literally a radio Hall of Famer, and sports talk radio in Nashville isn't what it is today uh, without this guy. And I am not in my in my radio, I'm not in my radio career honestly without shadowing this guy my senior year of high school, uh, randomly and just realizing that oh this is a job and this is a a fun as hell job uh i'm just george plaster george dude i thank you so much for taking the time to join us man
0: austin what an intro but i gotta ask both of you did either one of you ever make a dime out of knowing me (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh not not in the late well i i've sold a few of your uh you know memorabilia pieces you know like i would steal pens off your desk and sell them back in the wow. day in high school yeah mm-hmm. and people say that's sure george plaster's pen i said straight from his desk and i would just sell it for five bucks
1: <laughs> yeah i would steal your uh note pages you you would write down how you plan <laughs> each week and i would go sell them on ebay you you had no idea but i was making a killing
0: guys <laughs> let's see if we could work something out <laughs> hey, Joe, I was speaking of
2: selling things. Uh, what did you have to sell to get into the Hall of Fame?
0: My soul. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm like y'all, I, I'm a little shocked by it. Uh, the day that that they actually told me it was uh th- there's a group of us that gets together every Monday. Larry Schmidt is sort of the ringleader. Larry Woody, uh, Pete Webber me Boots Donnelly anyway apparently Pete did the dirty work and got the Tennessee Radio Hall of Fame people over there and I remember Pam- Pamela Fur leaned over and she said this is long overdue and I didn't know what she was talking about and I was like what the hell are you talking about <laughs> and then all of a sudden she says you're going in the the Tennessee Radio Hall of Fame and it was just a big old crispy cream glaze I was just shocked.
2: I, oh. I I don't know. I honestly I don't know why because literally so much and I, there's so much I want to talk to you about George and obviously I want to talk some Titans with you but um but I feel like just from I mean the early days of, you know, going from WTN to, you know, just kind of starting up 1045 the Zone like honestly it, it that shocked you because for me if i had your career george i'd be like yeah it is about time
0: <laughs> if if you had my career you'd be in the gutter uh <laughs> no i mean listen there there was i mean obviously there was some stuff that that went down with the lawsuit in 2003 uh i'm proud of the fact that i didn't give in to the bullying uh i yeah. think Um, When I look back on it, I wonder if maybe somebody benefited um, from the fact that I stood up and said, this isn't right, Um, because it would have been very easy to pitch it in. I think in the end, I was probably too stupid uh, to realize the kind of tension that was going on with it. Um, But, you know, I'll admit I'm proud of the fact that I didn't give in to it.
1: Yeah. Austin called you the godfather of Nashville sports radio. And I totally agree. I think I may have said this to you before, but in that sense, if there was one person in Nashville sports radio that you had to whack theoretically.
2: Ooh. Ooh. Good
0: question. Oh my God. (laughs) This is the kind of violence we're teaching
2: oh yeah oh yeah this it's, is what I, goes blame, on
0: at bga Come on. blame
2: video game yeah it's it, it's literally called battleground academy so i don't know what you expected from a school with austin's, that name.
1: Uh, austin's Britwood high experience is
0: really rubbing off on me if you can't
2: yeah me. i went to public school so you know i'm violent just by nature
0: listen i am not answering that question <laughs> that's under <fair>. any circumstances <laughs> that's fair you gotta understand though jack back then um WLAC was doing a a sports talk show. It was uh, Charlie Mack, Bob Bell, Bill King. And obviously I knew Bill through BGA ties. And um, so really that was it at that time. Well, I say that 560 was doing some stuff. Uh, There was not a 1025 in the picture. And really there were not a lot of sports talk shows. Um, so it was not the wall-to-wall stuff that it is now. W- would you say
1: that BGA is the primary feeder to Nashville sports radio and just Nashville sports media in general? I mean, we've got George Plaster, we've got Mike Keith, mm-hmm. Zach Bingham runs A to Z, <laughs> yeah. I dub podcast. Bill, uh, Jack,
2: Gentry,
0: Bill, Jack, Gentry, Bill, Bill, Jack
2: Gentry, Jack Gentry, Bill, Bill King. King.
0: You know. It it was really weird because more than anything, it's by coincidence. Um, But I remember, you know, meeting Mike when he was a student at BGA. And, um, you know, he was one, he was another one that you could tell he's going to go the distance with this. Um, You know, I've heard people say, in particular, at my 40th reunion, that they all knew that this was what I was going to do. And I think in my case, it was just simply, I didn't have any other talent. I mean, I went earlier today to, to get my car battery uh, worked on because it was dead. And I had to admit to the guy, look, I, I don't even know where the battery is. <laughs> and, you know, sports broadcasting for me was just the the talent that I was given. And, you know, I, I guess... I guess I bit the bug or, or whatever it is they say, you know, I caught the bug and, uh, you know, once a broadcaster, always.
2: Yeah. Do you, do you ever like, you know how like some people will like trade, you know, goods for goods, you know, like if, if someone's getting their battery fixed, I, I can't do that. But I I'm an artist and I can give you one of my paintings for for your your services your goods and services. have you ever been like oh i can't pay you but i could break down the 2015 braves draft for you if you'd like right i
0: the first part is possible i can't pay you uh the other part i don't have anything anybody wants i actually got robbed several years ago and uh they just didn't find anything of any value (laughs) Well, you didn't have the plaque. You didn't have the Hall of Fame plaque in your car. Right?
2: Yeah, right.
0: Yeah. And uh, hold on. Hold on. Y'all want to see this thing? Let's see it. Yeah. Is, Give, yes. Uh, from, without question. Moving. This is moving stuff this is, here. Uh,
2: forget Big Joe on the go. This is plasma on the go. Plasma okay. on the
0: go. Can you all see that? Oh, yeah. That's
1: yes.
2: Wow. That's, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, it
2: looks like you sold 5,000 albums or something.
0: Yeah, it does, doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> It does, but you know, it was it was a really cool deal for me. I had um, the the first Vanderbilt basketball team that I ever uh, broadcast. About half of them were there that night. Will Perdue, Steve Reese, Glenn Clem, Barry Booker. Um, you know that that was really nice. Jack, there was a a table from BGA that was there, and you know that that school means a lot to me. It was just a really special night. Um, you know, I, I guess I'd never thought about, okay, what would it feel like, but whatever I would have hoped it would be, it was, and then some nice, that's great.
2: When you took that, uh, time off in between, uh, uh, the game and NSR, when you, uh, when you went to work at Belmont, yeah. Was that like, like, obviously, you know, not to not bring it up any like ill will or whatever with Belmont, but like, was that hard for you just as a guy who, who came up through broadcasting, did broadcasting for so long, and then going to a job that was not broadcasting? Was that a hard for you? Because personally, like I did a year and a half outside of sports talk radio, but before I got this country music gig. And even though I told myself I was done with radio, part of me was still like, like I still had that that itch to scratch. Well what, what was it was that like was it like you Yeah.
0: Like that for, for you? I think for the first year, year and a half uh, I was okay with it. I'll tell you where the itch started. It was when the Preds made the one, the run to the Stanley Cup final and I wasn't in a position to talk about my feelings about how special it was. Um you know the the group of us that that sort of the R team nashville group some of us have talked about it when when the predators beat anaheim uh in i guess it was game six in nashville and they brought the team back out on the ice and um you know i remember a couple of people uh involved in our thing saying that that they got a little teary-eyed and i'll be honest i kind of choked up about it too because I know how cl- close we came to losing it. Um, you know, a lot of people don't really remember it or think about it, but I know full well how close we came. And the truth of it is, if Jim Ball Silly hadn't been such an idiot, uh, wh- and and I what I mean by that is he decided to have a one-day season ticket sale up in Hamilton, Ontario. They sold 14,000 season tickets. I remember I was on vacation. I was out in Las Vegas at Caesars Palace, and I saw it on the crawler. And the minute I saw it, I knew then we got a real chance to keep this team because I knew Gary Bettman was not going to be happy that this guy had violated the trust. He didn't even own the team at that point.
2: Right, right. It, I remember that. That was, a, that was a wild day, and I just remember I, – I remember answering phones nonstop that day, and that was uh, – I mean – looking back especially knowing how it all played out because at the time we didn't know but looking back it was like man this what a day that was
0: it, it was crazy and and in all honesty i had told chris massaro the mtsu athletic director the day before that it was going to bomb and that we were going to get embarrassed and and because you couldn't tell there, there was no mm-hmm. way to know is this you know is anybody paying any attention we were running a political campaign, but you, know, we didn't have any polling and mm-hmm. and you couldn't tell, but I remember, I remember by about eh, probably about nine o'clock that morning thinking, wow, there are way more people here doing something, buying tickets, supporting whatever. And I, I started to be like, you know, maybe we got a chance. Yeah. I know there's, it scared the crap out of me, um, <laughs> you know. And my mom got all upset the night before because in, in a TV interview, I, I made a dumb comment that if this doesn't go well, I'll just shoot myself. And she went off. She called me. And she was like, "You cannot say that." And I said, "Well, I've already said it, so there's not much we can do." <laughs> <laughs> I
2: love getting the call from mom. You know, it's like it's just it's just it, it's like i'm an adult now
0: mom though yeah, like part of me you care. gotta allow me. <laughs> i don't think she ever thought of me as an adult
1: yeah same i get the, i still get that call from my mom every now and then george you
0: are our child
1: <laughs> right switching gears to the titans and i know you've been in this game for a long time and you've had a lot of tough questions you've probably had to answer i'm not gonna ask you a question uh, instead i'm gonna i'm gonna pose to you a challenge okay can you say something nice about Logan Woodside?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing and I've never met him. and maybe when I do I need to apologize to him it's not his fault that he has never gotten to play in a meaningful game he hasn't we don't know the first thing about the guy and until he's put in that position all of this is just speculation just like it's speculation on Malik Willis. You know, Logan Woodside's biggest problem has been Ryan Tannehill's durability. And you would have thought a year ago, as many hits as Tannehill took, that Woodside would would end up having to start a game or two and that we'd have something on film that we could base it on. But the truth of it is, he's never played any meaningful football here. Yeah,
2: it's kind of crazy given Tannehill's injury, well, not injury history, but the injury he had uh, in Miami late in before coming to Nashville and then paired with literally everyone on the roster getting going down last year that Tannehill would at some point go down and he never did. Like, that's just that's just the worst luck for Logan Woodside possible.
0: And you know what? sports is full of these kind of deals of what ifs, you know, he he might, who knows what his future holds that there, there could be a scenario where he ends up at another team and somebody goes down and all of a sudden, you know, he ends up being the second coming of Joe Montana and everybody's like, well, why didn't he get to do that here? Well, you know, it was just sort of the way it was. Mm
1: -hmm. Two games into Malik Willis's preseason career with the Titans. Um, I think he showed some things against Baltimore. I, I thought he took a step forward in this last time out against Tampa. What if you? What have you noticed from him? And um, I, I mean, Austin and I got ahead of ourselves last week. We said, you know what? We saw some flashes of Steve McNair, but he's got that strong arm, and he he can move and make people miss when he when he's on the move. What what have you noticed with Malik Willis? And do you think that it could work out long term?
0: Oh, I absolutely think it could work out long term. Uh, I think it's probably realistically a year, year and a half down the road, as far as, you know, a lot of meaningful playing time, you know, God forbid an injury that that forces it earlier, but it is eerie, um, you know, some of the McNair qualities, um, you know, I used to laugh with Steve when, when he came here, he and I had a pretty cool relationship, um. We we were on a flight one night to Phoenix. It was when I was doing their uh, their preseason games, and Steve was in the second cabin. All of us were in the third, but he and I were. I was the first seat in the third. He was the back seat in the second, and I could tell he was in real pain. And when as we were getting off the plane, I said to him, I said, "Listen, you're not fooling me." I saw this for three hours. I said, when are you going to tell him? And he was like, I don't know. You know, um, anyway, the next night he pulls me aside, he says, I've told him. And, of course, that got Neil O'Donnell, you know, the first whatever it was, six or seven games of that season. And, you know, entrenched Neil O'Donnell here as a favorite. Steve McNair's the toughest athlete I've ever dealt with. And I remember saying that to him and he loved it. That meant the world to him to hear that from somebody. It's such a shame that he's not with us, um, because man, I got a lot of great memories of covering him and getting to know him.
2: Well, July 4th, 2009, he, um, you know, shockingly passes away that was that's a vacation day in radio and correct me if I'm wrong, but you went in to work that day to, to, to break it all down. Can you take us through what that day was like for you?
0: Sure. I got a phone call, uh, about 45 minutes before it got announced, uh, telling me what had happened. And, you know, initially I didn't believe it. Um, I was up in Kentucky and realized I've got to get back to town What I didn't know was that the murder scene was, what, a hundred yards from the station? Right, the old station on 2nd Avenue. And so I get to the station, and the police don't want to let me in the parking lot. You know, and of course, now I understand why, but at the time, I didn't get what was going on. And Chad Withrow and Jacob Underwood did a great job of helping me that day because I was basically on the air solo for about five hours, five of the saddest hours in the world. And I remember during commercial breaks, I would go to the window and look out at kind of the murder scene. And it was just, it was creepy. Um, you know, I was allowed in the actual apartment a couple of days later, I think it was me and Blaine Bishop that went in there and, um, it was just creepy. Now I'll tell you what else was creepy. For about three weeks after that, um, helicopters would be flying overhead. You know, you'd leave when the show would be over, leave 6.15, 6.30, and these helicopters would be circling around. And I was like, wonder what they're up to.
1: Well, what, what did you think they were up to? Because I, if I remember correctly, that case was closed pretty quickly. I think there was a, a pretty high demand for an answer amongst you know nashville's people and national the national police department kind of rushed to an answer and i mean there's still a lot of speculation to this day i don't know that anybody will ever know what actually happened but what do you believe those helicopters were doing
0: i, I honestly i don't know uh jack i've always wondered how certain they were of of what they put out there um You know, I don't have enough facts to really Mm -hmm. comment a lot. I know that some people have put some stuff out there in the past. And and to be honest, you know, every two or three years, you get sort of this documentary that's going to give you everything you haven't been told. And I'll be honest, I haven't been overly moved by those documentaries because I haven't felt like they've told me much of anything I didn't already know. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, um, you know, you and Steve, you and Coach Jeff Fisher, the relationships you built with that Titans team, and um, really just some of the founding fathers of Titans football for us, right? I, I grew yeah. up with these guys that you you were so close with and covered so closely during their time in Tennessee. We're we're in a new era. We're we're in the Vrabel Robinson era. We're starting to see some turnovers starting to happen, right? New guys coming in, some young guys. You just got off an interview with Kyle Phillips, who Austin and I are so high on, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. We do a hype machine every year. We pick our favorite camp guy, and he's an underrated camp guy. Maybe he's a fringe roster guy. In Kyle Phillips' case, he's a roster lock, but he was drafted on on day three. So in the past, we've had Khalif Raymond hype machine. We had Mason Kinsey hype machine. The Kyle (laughs) Phillips hype machine feels a little different. What what, what do you make of Kyle Phillips' performance so far?
0: Well, first of all, y'all like the fact that I gave him Drew Bennett's phone number oh okay and, yes and i yes. said listen you gotta call drew i said drew's another ucla guy i said if you tell him that you got the number from me there's a chance he'll hang up on you <laughs> okay. uh but no seriously <laughs> uh because drew and i have stayed good friends jack as you know um
2: yeah he's a he's but, a he's a reoccurring guest on this podcast he we love drew around these parts yeah
0: i mean drew is um first of all, from, from the first time I ever had him on, he was a great interview. He's a live wire. Um, He, we did a radio show together and he had a brother, uh, Richie, who um, there was a charity that, that Drew represented um, that, that Richie was involved in. And I'll never forget Richie came to town and I guess Drew had sort of Include him in that the host is a big braves fan and richie who was at that point i want to say 17 18 first words out of his mouth to me are not nice to meet you the braves suck go a's (laughs) (laughs) and i was like how good is that so so anytime I talk to Drew. I'm always like, you tell Richie that my team's the world champions.
1: <laughs> yeah, Those two clubs are
0: in a uh,
1: bit of a different uh, path here for the, for the yeah. next decade. I'll so, say yeah, um, for a while. Yeah. Before we get you out of here, you, you've got a uh, you, you've got a new show. Well, it's really the same show on a new platform, Main right. Street Nashville. You and Watson Brown are talking sports every day from three to six. Do I have that correct? Four to six. Four to six.
0: Thank God it's not three to six. <laughs> <laughs> talk, talk, this, talk to guys, us a little this bit about podcast that. Podcast stuff is harder than radio.
2: Oh, George, I am honestly when I when I saw you know I saw your announcement uh, I believe on Facebook uh, uh, you know making the jump to you know digital platform digital show I was wow. like I was like hold up did is George being held hostage somewhere is George <laughs> what is going on here this is George the guy like. I remember at the game, you came in, you had your, your notepads of paper, like still working on everything. And, you know, we'd say, you know, well, what's your email address? Be like email. I don't know. Just text me, just text me or, or, and even texting took a while. I remember. Cause I remember oh. that, that, that was show fodder for a while was uh, George awesome. learning
1: texting. I was, okay. I, I was his ticket master login guy. Whenever George was yes. would yes. I, w- I would have to so, get on my phone and get in George's ticket. George's when, ticket. I, when I saw
2: you went full digital, I'm like, something's wrong with George. Like, we need well, to get him to blink twice if he's in, in danger.
0: <laughs> okay, let, let's start with texting. Okay, the guy that shamed me into that was Jeff Rancourt. The okay. first time <laughs> he and I ever right. met. He just ripped the crap out of me that I didn't know. So I went back to the station and JT, whose father went in with me a couple of weeks ago, Paul Tinkle, JT was the one that talked me out of text. But as y'all know, trying to text on a flip phone, you know, just saying the words Atlanta Braves could take you 45 minutes on a flip phone. (laughs) Then... When I got sued, one of the things that was really interesting was that, you know, they tell you in Discovery to turn over all your emails. Is <laughs> said done? There were none. <laughs> I didn't know how to email. And that may have been an advantage. I mean, who knows? But I mean, that's the kind of stuff that went on. Then there was the the transition to the iPhone that, that I'm using right. right now to do this. Here's what happened on a Thursday. I remember the NFL season started that night. The flip phone exploded in my (laughs) office at Belmont. And in an absolute panic, I go to about three or four places looking for a flip phone. Well, they don't sell these damn things anymore. (laughs) Yeah. And not unless you're up to something real shady. (laughs) Yeah. And so this guy from Best Buy says to me, it was, this was classic. He goes, I know who you are. He said, and I'm aware that you have some technical deficiencies. Then <laughs> he goes, he goes, I'm going to get you a phone that any moron can figure out. <laughs> well, like I told him, I said, well, I'm your moron. Let's see how this works. Yeah. Let's put it to the real test. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's, so that's sort of what happened.
2: And so now you are fully digital with this new venture.
0: Yeah, now let's not let's not act like I really know what's going on. I mean, when I sit there and say, and you can watch us on Roku and Spotify and Apple TV, do I know what any of that is? Hell no. <laughs> now, I know enough about Twitter and Facebook because I'm on both. You know, I, I know enough to be dangerous, and that's about it.
2: Okay, all right. So how's it going? Because we're we're what we're two two yeah, months in seven.
0: Seven weeks in, um, you know, I like where we're going. I, I keep hearing that this is sort of the new wave of what radio sports talk show is going to be in the future. And we've bit off a lot doing two hours a day because the part that that's hard is creating graphics and film footage around it. And, you know, this morning, one of the topics that I want to get into is Albert Pujols' as, as we speak is on a tear sort of toward home run number 700. And I was like, okay, we got to put a graphic up showing who's in the 700 club. Barry Bonds, even though none of us, you know, will acknowledge him is in it. Hank Aaron is in it. He is the true home run King. Babe Ruth is in it. A rod. I didn't realize this. Missed out on the seven hundred club by, by four.
2: three or by yeah. four, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: three or four. And I, you know, if I'm the Cardinals, I, I'm I'm sitting down with Pujols and saying, "Look, we want you back. Even even if it sounds selfish, we want you to get this moment in St. Louis. Our fans deserve it. You deserve it. Our city deserves it. Man, I hope it happens. Yeah." Yeah, I would groove him one. If I was at 699, <laughs> I would absolutely groove him one.
2: It, well, okay, you're you're pitching for the Braves, and you're game out uh, b- behind the Mets for the division title on the last day of the season, and you're facing holes at home. You still groove one?
0: I drill him. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. He, you know, I mean, obviously – there's there circumstances that dictate what you do, but I don't doubt that there's a pitcher out pitcher or two out there going, you know what? I want to help him get there. Yeah.
2: Well, George, dude, I can't tell you how much of a treat this was for us, uh, getting to to chat with you. And uh thank you for taking the time, man. And we know, you know things are you know in in this digital space things somehow are busier it's supposed to be easier but it's somehow busier right so we appreciate you taking the time to chat with us and share your stories man we could literally do this for like 10 hours, but, um, but I don't think anyone would listen to a 10 hour long podcast, uh, <laughs> but we did that.
0: I'm not just sure means, they'll listen to this.
2: <laughs> that just means we got to get you on again soon. Uh, George, Anytime. we really do appreciate it,
0: man. Anytime, man. I'm proud of both of you guys. Uh, you certainly didn't get rich getting to know me, but both of <laughs> you have, uh, the love of this business and that's awesome.
1: <laughs>
2: do well, you have you any more stationery or pens that we could sell? Is that
0: <laughs> will that one will that one <laughs> That'll do?
1: That'll <laughs> do. That'll pay this month's rent. You can yes. find him on Twitter at George Plaster tn He is the host of the Plaster Show. Find that on Twitter at the Plaster Show. George, we thank you so much for coming on, and can't wait to talk to you next time.
0: Jack, thank you, and thank you for creating the George Plaster Show site.
1: Oh, yeah. Always. It's my biggest accomplishment. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle.
2: Jack, I wish we wouldn't have ended the recording for that interview with George Plaster so quickly, uh, mainly because literally right after we said our goodbyes, we're like, George, thank you so much. We appreciate it, man. It's been so great. Uh, He's like, all right, you guys be well. We literally sat there for 45 seconds while George tried to figure out how to turn off, which was 45 perfect.
1: seconds. It was like seven minutes.
2: Well, well, 45 <laughs> seconds before anything was said initially about it, like because it was like 45 awkward, silent seconds. And then finally, George broke the tension and was like, well, I guess I'm still sticking around here, you know, and like and and we're just sitting there and we're like, this is so perfect to go on with the conversation that we had just had with him not knowing technology to where he couldn't, he couldn't get out of the, the, the zoom chat. It was like, it was like when you say goodbye to someone in a parking lot and then you both find out you're walking the same direction. (laughs) It was so awkward. We're like, Oh, he's like, well, I'll tell you what gas. I just don't know what to do. I I'm trying to find this, this leave button, but I look, I, is it, is it this red button that says leave? And we're like, yeah, just hit it. It goes. Okay. All right, all right. Look, I'm pressing it. I, you can't get on me for this one. Cause I'm trying to get out, but it's not, well, I'll tell you what, where's, where's Chad Withrow? where I, when I need him. That, that was literally <laughs> what exactly it was. That's exactly how
1: it went though. Austin nailed <laughs> that. That was exactly how it went, but no, that'll teach me from stop, uh, from, from, Hitting record of, after the interview's done until the guy actually leaves.
2: Part of me wonders if he broadcasted for five hours on the day Steve McNair died just because he didn't know how to turn off the radio. <laughs> <laughs> like he just didn't know how to turn off his mic. Well, I'm looking for the button here. I just, I, I guess we'll keep talking. Uh, look, Steve McNair was a true consummate pro. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, no, oh, I, love no joke. I love
2: George. I love George. Uh,
1: he, and, you know, it, it's good because that's our second Hall of Famer we've had on this podcast. Yeah. Um, Nick Westbrook-Akine obviously being the first. <laughs> so it, it was good to it was good to kind of add that that feather to our cap. Look, so we're slowly was- adding
2: adding to this resume of, of guests that we've got on this podcast. But, yeah, thank you uh, to George. Um, George Plaster with the 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 plas the plasmo um jack some real quick i i don't want to say it's good news um but it is <laughs> um maybe it's type, potentially good news. Type, the it's the potentially good news yes so Kayvon, uh tribido 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 did i say that right Tribido. Tribido why did I say tribodeau? I'm you isn't that the uh the prime Minister of Canada or something oh thats the president of Canada
1: now you're going Trudeau, to Trudeau.
2: okay that's what I, I was mixing the two
1: Trudeau and Thibodeau. Canada, I'll allow it
2: okay thank you I appreciate that uh also which I was I was gonna bring this up the week of but I'm just gonna bring it up now how do we feel about being Titans fans and wanting to take down New York on 9 11
1: oh my God
2: it's something to yeah, think a about, a fair Jack
1: question. It's a fair question.
2: I already feel guilty. Like we're going to be rooting against New York on 9-11.
1: Yeah, I look, it's not the tight. So you play who's on the schedule.
2: I don't know. Like it. I, I just feel I feel bad. I feel bad already. Like we're literally going to be on a day that like should be should live in infamy for for Americans. We have to be the dickheads that
1: are like, screw you, New York, suck it. You know, like, <laughs> but, but what, why we're bringing this up is because there was an injury on the New York Giants. Cave on there was. like you mentioned, sprained his MCL. He's gonna miss the Titans game. Thaddeus Moss, son of Randy Moss, former Titan, did the Titans a solid and chop block to the, the liver, living hell out of his knees. It is a legal block, but, um, Randy Moss definitely called in that one for the Titans. So, Randy. I don't want to say thank you because a guy got hurt but
2: thanks. yeah just completely uh yeah uh Thibodeau just completely collapsed right there um <laughs> his the, the steel beams in his legs just completely melted uh all right no stop stop I'm sorry I'm in I'm in all right look I I it's not good it's never good news when a guy goes down with an injury but it is News to note if your team is playing that, uh, you know, if he's a really good defensive player for look, a team not that a, you're playing core
1: ACL or a career threatening injury.
2: No, no. And oh, he oh. is. He is expected to, I think, be re-evalu- reevaluated in three or four weeks. And yeah. I think the the four four week mark is literally the day after the game. So he could still play.
1: Yeah, he could, but it would be probably wise for them to give their rookie, their first-round pick, some time to make sure that it's fully healthy before sending him out there. So I'd be shocked if I saw him um, against the Titans. And look, hey, there have been really tough players to sit out postseason games with sprained MCLs. Jay Cutler comes to mind. I mean, it's it's a tough injury to play with, so – uh, but there are also quarterbacks like Drew Brees who played entire seasons on it. So I, it it's, it's just it, it's a person to person thing. But Tavon Thibodeau, I, I would be shocked if he played against the Titans.
2: Oh, and also uh, Chase Young uh, was added to the uh, I the like the PUP list or the or IR or something to where he can't play. He can't return until Week Five. Well, Week Five, the Titans travel to DC. And that doesn't commanders.
1: necessarily mean he'll be ready to go week five because after you come off the pup, you get a twenty-one day window to where you can then dress out and be active for on game days. So it, it's it's four weeks guaranteed, but it's up to seven if a player needs it. So there's no guarantee that Chase Young will be back by the Titans, and if he does come back, I'd be shocked if he wasn't on a you know a snap count or you know under some type of watch after returning from an ACL injury that he suffered last season.
2: So, right, right, Good
1: pieces of injury news for the Titans, who deserve it after the year they had last year.
2: Um. All right, Jack. Uh, let's get to remember the Titan. Um. And I'm not even going to ask you this week. I'm going to tell you. You're going first this week. Good. I want about that. First. Yeah. Um, well, good because you're going first, dude.
1: Yeah. That, well, like every week in the preseason, it it pains me to do this, but. There are players the Titans have to part ways with, and every week oh, oh. The roster gets closer to fifty-three.
2: You know what? Before before we go to the remember the Titan, let's real quick do a real quick moment of silence for those that have fallen. Um, did this last week, and I think it's only I think it's only right because we as Titans fans like if you play for the Titans even for one snap, we care about you
1: in the preseason. One snap.
2: Yeah well yeah even in the even if it's a preseason one snap we still care about you because if you put if you put on that two-tone blue and you go out and you perform we care about you with all of our hearts. So Jack uh can you read the list of uh the four men who have fallen this week and are were waived by the Tennessee Titans this week.
1: Wide receiver Terry Godwin, injured DBs Shakur Brown and Shaheem Carter. Linebacker Justin
2: Lawler. <laughs> <laughs> and couldn't reach that high note there. Uh yeah, so uh much love and prayers goes out to go out to those guys. Uh hope to see you on the practice squad, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what do you say to someone who's just been cut?
1: Yeah, I, I guess it's like uh hope it works out down the line. Look, yeah, it, better better luck next time. There's minor league know. professional football. You've got the CFL. You've got the you've right XFL. Whatever else, yep. whatever other leagues gonna pop up and then fail within a year. I mean, I'm sure there's the
2: AAF is is probably still around. Like not officially, but like fan I'm sure they're like meeting meeting in a parking lot somewhere. Still you got playing fan controlled
1: football. Marshawn Lynch owned team, I think, in fan, fan controlled football, although. Man, if yeah, he so, plays, they, they would be in trouble the other day after what happened to him.
2: So does Quavo, or is it Quavo? Quavo.
1: Quavo? Jesus, Austin. <laughs> Country music has done a number on you. All right, <laughs> Let's get him to remember the Titan. I'm going to lead off this week. Austin set me up. I'm going to go with one of the guys recently cut. This is what I like to do. Look, I want to make sure that these guys are getting the proper attention because, hey, just because it life ends with the Titans doesn't mean – life in football is over for this person. i true. About Shakur Brown. Shakur Brown didn't last long with the Titans. He actually looked pretty good in his time out at camp when he was healthy, but he ended up going down with an injury, which leads to him being cut. Maybe they circle back to him if any DBs get hurt this season or next. But Shakur Brown, you know, he, he went to Michigan State. He grew up in Woodland, Georgia. Excuse me, Stockbridge, Georgia. Going to Woodland High School, um, not Woodland Middle School, like Austin did. But Brown shout out Warriors. You know, he, they moved to Georgia when he was 14. He went to high school over there. He was a three st- three-star recruit and committed to play college football at West Virginia. Well, I I thought he went to Michigan State, Jack. Well, yes, he did, but that's because he did not qualify academically to play at West Virginia, which really has to be a tough pill to swallow. I, you know, I thought Michigan state was kind of a, a, a smart, you know, you know, an academically strong school, but I mean, if it's it's a rung below West Virginia and I'm not college shaming, by the way, I'm not college shaming. I'm not academic shaming because you don't want to, you know, I I don't want to hang my GPA all over, all over my fridge right now. Um, But to get turned down from West Virginia for not academically qualifying, maybe I'm under, uh, maybe I'm underrating West Virginia's academics, but, I mean, that's, that's definitely a tough shot. But anyways, so he goes, finishes his career at Michigan State. After Michigan State, he, is, he signs with the Steelers out of the draft in 2021. Doesn't work out there. He lasts a little over two months with the Steelers. But the Chiefs pick him out. The, the Chiefs picked him up a week after he was released by the Steelers. Signed to the Chiefs practice squad. Released eight days later, ironically, on September 11th, which we were just talking about. Nothing else is ironic. Then he goes <laughs> to the Detroit Lions, goes to the Tor- Detroit Lions in October of last year, but was released in December. Okay, man, that's three teams in 2021. Didn't work out anywhere, so he decides to go to the USFL, play for the Pittsburgh Maulers. Now, if you if you if you're familiar with the Pittsburgh Maulers, that was the team that cut a running back simply for eating a piece of pizza. So probably a toxic work environment in the USFL for Shakur Brown over there. So what does he do? Wow. He walks into the Titans facility, signs with the Titans in July of 29th, July 29th this season, ends up getting waived August 22nd and, and being placed on injured reserve. So at least he got a taste of what positive culture was like after playing for those trash organizations like the Steelers and the Chiefs and the Maulers, of course. I lumped them in with those with those guys. But the Lions, you know, Lions and Titans, that's where that's where culture really happens. Um, so he was biting kneecaps and ends up playing for the Titans. Today marked the end of Shakur's Brown, uh, of Shakur Brown in Tennessee. So, Shakur Brown, I remember you. You were a Titan. You did not play an official snap for the Titans in the regular season, but that doesn't matter to me. Forever and always, Shakur Brown.
2: Two tone blue Pac, Shakur is what they call them.
1: Yeah, I was I was thinking uh, about working in a Tupac joke, but I, I couldn't. Do yeah, that.
2: right. It um still live. Uh, like like uh. Like Tupac, the Shakers, uh, his hopes of the NFL are still alive. I believe in it. Uh, the Chris, uh, my my remember the Titan this week is a guy by the name of Chris Dur Durham. Chris Durham. That's Chris K-R-I-S, like a Kardashian Durham, not to be confused with Bart Durham, the injury attorney, but don't be fooled. This guy wrecked the league to the tune of fifty-five career receptions for six hundred and ninety-nine yards and three scores. That's one less than Lincoln. He played for the Tennessee Titans for two th- from in two thousand fourteen to two thousand fourteen. Uh, the only sentence on his Wikipedia page under his Tennessee Titans paragraph or section of his, it is says on August thirty first, two thousand fourteen, Durham was claimed off waivers by the Tennessee Titans. That's it just that he was claimed never that he was cut or anything else. So he very well could be a Tennessee Titan for all we, all we know. Uh, We do know he signed with the Oakland Raiders in June of 2015, but there's literally, according to Wikipedia, there's no end date uh, to his career with the Titans. Um, He is, uh, he came out of Georgia, was drafted in the fourth round, 107th pick in the 2011 draft. Uh, he is Rome, Georgia's finest. His birthday is St. Patrick's Day. And Jack, this is a guy who, after playing with the Raiders, he, he jumped from uh, was drafted by the Seahawks, played for the Lions for a little bit. Sounds familiar, kind of like our guy Sh- uh Shakur. As
1: does everyone, yes.
2: <laughs> then he went to the Tennessee Titans, then he went to the Oakland Raiders. And then get this, Jack. First first player we've had play for this team. The Parma Panthers.
1: What in the like, hell are the Parma the, Panthers?
2: What the hell are the Parma Panthers? Is that like an Olive Garden version of the Carolina football team? No, <laughs> the Parma Panthers come from the Italian football league, oh. right? Uh, Parma Panthers, he played, and let's just say this, you know how um, right now I think the American dollar just surpassed the Euro in value. So like a dollar is worth more than a Euro, which is wild because the Euro used to be so much more than the dollar. Um, The same is true for football stats, okay? So in the NFL, if you equate to 55 catches for 699 yards and three touchdowns, if you bring that over to Italy, the exchange rate is thirty-five catches for eight hundred and sixteen yards and eleven touchdowns. Wow,
1: that is a so lot. that is some some big time average yards per reception.
2: Right. If if you sucked in football in America, you take your game to Italy, and you're probably like a LeBron James over there.
1: Yeah. Um, look, the only other guy I knew that was in the Italian football league was the troubled Baylor head coach art Bryles. He went over there to, to call plays.
2: place. Yeah. Well, that's probably why. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's, he's probably should have stayed over there to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, I, yeah. So like, think about me. Like if I ran scout team in Italy, I feel like I, I'd be at least on a practice squad somewhere over there. Right. I think so. Like I would be, I, 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 I mean, you have to, okay all right I, I i like to think that i would too um he his his brother-in-law is los angeles Angels angels pitcher Blake Wood. so that's all i got for chris durham uh tennessee died in one year with the titans godspeed to him hope he's uh doing well i don't even know if he's still in italy again wikipedia never said he was cut from them so he could still be a parma you never know
1: art briles probably had that police force wrapped around his finger as well so uh who who knows what could have happened over there during Art Briles? Hopefully, it didn't <laughs> get, true. get crossed up with old Briles.
2: And the Italian women, very pretty over there. Very pretty. Uh, the Parma Panthers. Uh, if, if 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 Chris Durham very well could be over there and be like he could be the Jason Witten. Uh, well, who's the best tight end in history? Is it? It's not Gronk.
1: I, I, I think you could make a case. It's Tony Gonzalez. It's probably going to end oh, up being Tony. Travis Kelsey.
2: Yeah, Kellen Winslow is probably up there, but no, Tony Gonzalez is probably number one. Um, but yeah, so that that's what that's what Chris Durham is in Italy. So what Tony Gonzalez is to the states at the tight end position, uh Chris Durham is over there. All right, that's gonna do it for today's uh so get us your so titles at Titan Up Pod. Send us whatever you want. Uh it can be a very obscure uh reference to the Titans, um, whatever it may be. We want to. Um, we want to read them and we want to, uh, name our future sods those, uh, thanks so much to George plaster for joining us guys. Follow, uh, us on social media. I know it's super douchey to ask, like beg for followers, but at tighten up podcast on Instagram at tighten up pod on Twitter, we're trying to get to a thousand followers by draft night. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Jack Gentry is worth your follow on Twitter. Give him a follow at Jack A Gentry. You can follow me on Twitter at Austin Huff. And of course, follow A to Z sports on all things social on all of the socials. Very uh, much worth the follow. Um, I saw the other day uh, uh, A to Z sports was out at Titans training camp. Showed a, a really good clip of a quarterback drill, just your basic quarterback drill. Tannehill went first. Logan Woodside was second. Malik Willis went third. And to go back to our discussion from earlier, very clearly could see the difference between a starter in the NFL (laughs) to a multiple year backup in the NFL to a guy who was doing this for the first time and is truly getting coached up for the first time. So that kind of goes into our whole thought process of Malik and, um, and The quarterbacks, but I thought it was a very good video, uh, by whoever shot that. If I don't know if it was Stanley
1: there, Austin Stanley, Buck Rising A to Z's got a three headed monster out at Titans training camp, getting just about every video possible. So definitely make sure to follow A to Z,
2: definitely worth the follow
1: there. So, uh, go go uh, check it out, Jack. Do you got anything for the road? Um, you know what? If you guys have any friends that are Bears fans, Bills fans, Eagles fans. Give me a follow on Twitter. I'm going to be writing about those teams during the season, along with the Titans. So uh, it's going to be a fun season. We're two weeks away from Giants Hate Week, and man, I can't wait. It's definitely going to have to be a video from that comeback win, won't it?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, Jack. Um, did you say Bears? I said Bears. You're going to be writing about the Bears yeah, this year.
1: You know, it's going to be really hard too. I, I don't know how I'm going to put myself through three hours of those games.
2: Okay, but do you want to? You want to move? You want to move up here? you want to crash at my place
1: yeah that'd be great maybe okay me and me and uh Derica could share a
0: room
2: yeah you and Derrica can share a room the only time i'll ever let her share a room with a boy okay. uh because I, like I, I just because i trust you podcast partners for life uh i'm the fun yeah roomies creepy uncle. right that's true <laughs> that's true right creepy uncle who would be the creepiest uncle uh of this podcast creepiest uncle of the podcast, uh, Joe Dubin, Joe Dubin, (laughs) Joe Dubin Dubin, without question. He wears women's glasses.
1: That's true. Yeah, he does. He does. We love Joe Dubin, but man,
2: we'll try and get him on the podcast soon. Uh, all right, Jack, uh, I guess with all that said until next week, tighten
1: tighten up.
0: Astrodome. They've gone from being spoilers to starting 6-0 and oh, Since they moved to Tennessee to call it home They had a music city miracle to conquer Buffalo Then they came within a yard of winning in the Super Bowl They've had the same head coach leading all the way That's one of many reasons that I'm loving how they play They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll keep on fighting all the way. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans.
1: Tennessee Titans all the way.